0: The loss Veloci of, 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 of The Loss of Podcast. The Loss of Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe wanna get a piece of that. Pretty good. I wanna talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon. Okay, balls, 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. Hey classmates.com. I don't think my profile is getting traction, nor do I think it deserves an email that says, Damn. Uh, welcome to the Velocity Podcast. It is actually typhooning right now in Japan. It is Typhoon Jebi, uh, just like hurricanes in North America. They name the typhoons here, and the problem is every time I see Jebi, I actually read Jedi. So it's Typhoon Jedi to me, and it has shut down pretty much the whole country. I didn't have to go to work, although it was my day off, so I wasn't going to work anyways. But none of my co-workers had to go to work today, and it is a big storm. It is one of the reasons you might hear sort of background noise, ambient sound, that's the wind crashing against my house, or maybe even like a car being thrown through the wall. I will not stop though, I will keep going, I will keep recording, and I will make sure that you get the content you deserve. Uh, but since it's for free, you don't actually deserve very much. After last week's podcast, where I broke down the story of me doing stand up for the first time, and as I said quite clearly, probably the last time, Uh, people, of course, encouraged me and said, oh, we want you to do it more, we want to hear it, we want to see it. And one of my friends from work found an open mic night here in Japan. Uh, The problem I have... So at first I was like, no way. My initial instinct was to say no altogether. I will never do that. And then as I walked to the train station, I started coming up with a five-minute bit. The thing is the expat community in cities in Japan, so Nagoya, Osaka, Tokyo, are actually surprisingly small. If I was doing a performance here, I would probably be doing it in front of a great deal of my coworkers, and, the reason I was comfortable going and doing it in Vancouver is because I knew only one person would be there. And it was the guy who set this whole thing up, the guy who was incredibly supportive of the whole thing. And I knew if I bombed completely, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't come back on me. That guy wasn't going to hold it against me. He's the one who set it up. He would actually feel probably partially responsible for not going well. But if I was here, there would be a certain segment of the population who actually would want me to bomb and they would want to see some failure and it would not get dropped. It would be like, oh my God, I saw your show. It was horrible. And that would be it for weeks. And that would change the nature of a lot of my work relationships. And that's something I actually at this point can't risk. So doing it in front of a bunch of strangers is actually better than doing it in front of a bunch of associates because the associates, there are a certain group, like you can't like everyone you work with and not everyone you work with likes you. So that failure could actually be detrimental to my continued work life. So while I haven't given it up completely, I have been writing things and, again, more stories and things like that. I did actually, like I said, write a set on the train. So one of my friends, Juan, the guy who designed the cover art for the podcast, he actually suggested, why don't you just do it on the podcast? And again, I thought, well, that's not a very good idea, because kind of the whole point of stand-up is to get that interaction and reaction from the audience to keep you going, to keep the energy up. But that said, I can maybe alter the format slightly. So I'm thinking of using the things I wrote while I was thinking about stand-up routines and molding them into a segment on the podcast and see if I can make that work. I am, again, sort of in an experimental phase of the podcast, trying to do some different things, trying to maybe hit some different topics. uh, Things that I was refusing to do before, I'm considering now because I up to this point, I've never talked about video games, but I've actually come up with sort of a segment to see if I can make that work. I know a lot of people who actually listen to this aren't into video games, whereas I am really into it, so I never wanted this to be a video game podcast. But I have talked about video game elements before, and I think those in the structure of fiction actually kind of apply universally. So I think I can talk about stuff in that way. And I think I might talk about it in the same way as movies, Which, again, if you're doing it in the set of analyzing a narrative or talking about the elements of a story or a fiction or a world-building, I think that way everyone can at least enjoy the conversation, even if they're not into the actual specific thing. Quora question. Why don't we see toilets on any Star Trek ships? There are a couple of reasons for that. The main one being that no one who's watching a TV show wants to take time out and watch someone take a crap. This isn't just true of Star Trek, this is true of most fictional settings. And the reason it's true of most fictional settings is because not very much happens on toilets. The only reason a writer would employ a toilet is to create a situation where you are kind of locked into where you are. When you're going to the toilet, you're very vulnerable. You can't really get up and move away very easily without embarrassing yourself. It only creates a certain segment of situations. You never see Jean-Luc Picard get up in the middle of negotiations with an alien species and go sit on the crapper for five minutes and then come back to the negotiations because that wouldn't help move the narrative along. That would be actually impeding the actual story. And most stories you're watching have a set time limit. They have to explore that story within. So TV shows, they're what, 45 minutes because they have all that time for commercials. 30 minute shows are actually 20, 22, something like that. You don't wanna waste some of those precious minutes just showing someone sitting down on a toilet for a while. That's not to say there are not toilets on the Enterprise. That's not to say they don't go to the toilet. That is to say that narratively speaking, there is no benefit to spending time on the toilet. A secondary thing though, if you wanna fill in a plot hole, you could say that in the future, they don't go to the toilet. There are two ways you could explain this. The nutritional balance from the replicators, from the food machines on the ship, are such that you never actually have to produce waste. You eat all the nutrients you need, all the vitamins and minerals, everything you need, the exact amount of water, uh, and you never produce any waste. Now, I think the human body isn't designed to work that way. I think you always produce waste. Even when you're dehydrated, you still pee. So I think we know that that's not really how the human body works. A secondary one, though, a more science fictiony one, is that you don't go to the toilet. You walk into a room, and instead of... Just like the transporter can transport your whole body from the spaceship down to a planet, you transport the fecal matter out of your belly into a waste receptacle so you don't actually have to go to the toilet. It's just removed from your body maybe once a day when you feel like you have to go. And that means you don't have to wipe up or anything, although I think, again, that might atrophy the muscles in your butt, which I think might actually be a bad thing. Quora question. Why is Canada so strict with US citizens crossing the border? this is a question of why doesn't Canada trust Americans, is really what they're asking. I think you could rephrase this question very simply by saying, why is the U.S. so strict about foreign people crossing the border? And then the answer should be logically the same. If Canada is strict, well, why is America strict? If you have those reasons, then you know why countries, just in general, are strict about letting people into their country. So you might say that America is worried about terrorism. Well, I bet Canada's worried about terrorism too. America doesn't want immigrants flooding its borders and staying illegally. Well, maybe Canada doesn't want immigrants flooding its borders and staying illegally. So all the reasoning there is set. But really, it just comes down to this is a way where Canadians can flex their muscles over Americans, and they like doing that. Since one of the Quora questions was actually about Star Trek and toilets and and the structure of the universe, uh, it had me thinking about the reality of creating movies and fictions and all these things. And one of the commercials I saw most recently was for the most recent Mission Impossible movie and the big deal they made about Tom Cruise doing a halo jump. That's high altitude, low, open. I think is the right word, but but basically they jump out of an airplane super high in the sky and then you don't open your parachute until the last second. So it's a particularly dangerous thing to do. Tom Cruise gets a lot of credit for this. In almost every one of his Mission Impossible movies, certainly he does some big stunt and he does it himself and he does it for real and everyone gets very excited about that. And that's really good press for the movie. He does his own stunts. I mean, Jackie Chan basically built his career on being famous for doing his own stunts. And there was always at least one big crazy stunt per movie, something where he got hurt and that was part of the selling point of what made Jackie Chan a superstar as opposed to just a star in a kung fu movie like a, like a million other guys who actually failed. So Tom Cruise gets most of the credit, but I think they're missing something. And this is something I noticed when I was actually watching Japanese TV. They had a guy go swim out in the ocean and the whole point you were supposed to be impressed with how powerfully this man was swimming out in the ocean. It was a rough ocean and, and everyone was going, oh, it's amazing how well he swims. What they failed to mention, it was something you could see when the, there was a camera on the shore zooming in so you could see him. What I noticed really quickly was to his left was a cameraman swimming right along with him. Only he wasn't just swimming along with him like the men who we were supposed to be impressed by. He was swimming along with him carrying a camera. The halo jump sequence, what they showed was Tom Cruise jumping out of the airplane, and then when they did the behind the scenes where they're planning out the jump, and they're talking about the jump, and then they do the jump, they failed to mention the four cameramen who jump out with him. These guys have cameras strapped to helmets on their heads, and they are not just jumping out, trying to look very serious, which I think would be a very easy thing to do. Because once you jump out of an airplane, I think you're gonna take a fairly serious visage. Regardless of how you feel, you are going to look dead serious as you jump out of an airplane. So the acting there is particularly minimal. I think if you wanted really good acting, you should act sad or happy while jumping out of an airplane way above the earth. The cameraman's job with the camera stuck to his helmet is to stay in front of Tom Cruise and keep it kind of on his face. This is what I immediately started thinking, which is more difficult to jump out of an airplane and dive down and look serious or to jump out of an airplane and then jump backwards while trying to keep the camera on your head faced and angled at an actor's face and there are two, three other cameramen with him trying to get different angles. They're trying to get those angles without getting the other cameraman in the shot. I'm sure they could be digitally removed later. That's certainly a technology we have now, so that wouldn't be a huge problem, but it would be a lot easier, and this is probably their goal was to do it in one shot, was to have them all jump out of the airplane and keep the other cameraman out of the shot as much as possible. So you have Tom Cruise doing one thing that's very difficult, and you have these other guys doing the same thing as he's doing, only with an added level level of difficulty but they're not getting any of the credit. I think this is something we miss out on and it should be one of these post credit things like the Jackie Chan movies where they show, yes, the action star did the action thing and we're all very impressed, but there should be a certain amount of credit given to the cameraman who did the exact same thing right along with him. So any situation where you see, like you have a guy hiking through a desert, there's probably some guy hiking through a desert right with him with a camera on his shoulder. If you see someone doing, climbing a mountain, there's probably a cameraman somewhere climbing a mountain with him. Now we have drone technology, so that's probably rarer than it used to be, but still, there is no real substitution at the moment for a live human being carrying a camera and getting the right angle and the right shot through sort of training and a natural intuition and ability for their art. I would just like to end this Velosa podcast with credit to the cameraman who make all those things happen, and whose actual goal, primarily, is to make us forget about them. Because when you forget that the cameraman is there doing his job, he has actually done his job to the utmost ability, much like the CIA. Just as a final note, PodChaser actually combined with T Public to get the cover art for podcasts onto T-shirts. So I now have a T-shirt available at T Public. I went to the website and searched for Velocipodcast t-shirt, which is what it's called, and it didn't actually show up. But if you want, it's tpublic.com slash t-shirt slash 3084443-Velocipodcast, and you can see the t-shirt I made there. It's just the cover art on a yellow t-shirt. Guy came up with a really nice idea to remove some of the background and just make it all blend into the t-shirt, so I'm going to try that and maybe update it in a week or so. Podchaser and Public combined gave me a free t-shirt so when that arrives next week i'll actually put it on and take a picture of it so you can see it the link will be at velocipeter.com if you want to dress yourself properly so just another way you could actually support the podcast Uh, the kids nowadays don't say swag anymore it's actually merch just to keep everyone as updated as i am as an old man hey sexy friend he's making me his bitch thank you for listening if you have questions or comments you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher a cast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast all the vitamins have been-